Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to First Trade, your favorite show for beginner traders. Going to grow with you. We're going to take you on. Literally, episode one was my first trade. And each episode, we bring on experts or people who know a little bit more than we do um, and, and just try and learn and grow together. My name is Rohan. As I mentioned, I'm your resident noob. Michael over there in the room, he is your resident uh, also noob. And that was the best line I could come up with. Sorry. Um, but no, he, he's a little bit more experienced in the stock market than myself. And, and you might notice that we are coming to you from a different location. If you're a return viewer, we usually up on the stage. Um, and I can show you that kind of if I cut over to that. Uh, and hey. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, we're uh, high tech. Uh, don't show don't show our guests there. But there's a stage over there. That's a messy table. Wow. Um, we're doing some <laughs> rebuilding in the office. Okay. I'm going to cut away from that now. Anyway, folks, uh, <laughs> you know, so like we mentioned, this is first trade. Michael, how's it going? How are you doing today? What is going on? How has your week been since we last recorded? Uh, great, man. It's been quite the busy week. Um, yeah, summer temperatures. We've been uh, been doing good, staying busy. Um, my portfolio is like just kind of sitting there like a dead fish. Like nothing is really happening with it at all, which is weird. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. It's as it's deader than like our coworker that brought in a dead nice. tuna fish carcass today to work. It's just not even moving. It's just it's just sitting there. So I okay, so I haven't even looked at my portfolio, but we'll find out. We'll talk about that later in the show. Um yeah, I don't know. Did you, you know what else has been going on? Oh, I mean, it's it's been busy. It rained today, like right after I washed my truck, which is so sweet. Can't wait to get outside and drive through all of the puddles on my way home. I might stay here till like 3 a.m. tonight, honestly, just to wait until it's dry. Because I hate uh, doing that. Why wouldn't, hate... you just, why, what, why wouldn't you just stay here then? And also, oh, um, you guys might have heard a soundboard. I'm sitting at my desk, so I have access to the soundboard. Uh, and I'm just going to do this every week just for today. the soundboard. Honestly, I, yeah, I don't so mind weird. this. Like, folks, you know, we need you to vote. Do you prefer our stage setup or do you not mind us being in different rooms and having these setups? I kind of like this a uh, little bit more of a chill vibe and just able to sit back and, you know, talk about our. I like trade. being further away from you. It's pretty wow. cool. Dang it. Got one in before me. <laughs> I usually always hit the Michael roast. And you know what? I missed it on this one. But, Michael, I might be farther away from you but I might be closer to your mom. That was, I was waiting for, that was a bad, I was really trying, you know, like I was trying to pull something out of nothing on that one. Yeah. Listen, sometimes no joke is better than a bad joke. That's a piece of advice I received one time and it's, it can be very true. No sound, sound. 
Wow. I will, I will reflect on that. I saw let's, let's move on. Let's silence. move on to the next one. That's my shame from the last joke. All right. I've been rambling for a minute. Folks, what is today's episode about? Uh, last week, we, of course, had Mike, the blind trader, on. Amazing story. Really enjoyed having him on. What a solid guy. He was so funny. Um, you know, Mike and I definitely had a good time with that one. And today, we're, we're discussing something that is integral to your trading experience, integral to being involved with the stock market. Uh, a very important part of all this and, you know, something you need to learn about. Mike, what cool. are we talking about today? Dude, we're going to bring out a guest and talk about ETFs, uh, what they are, learn a little bit more about uh, about the rundown of how they work, learn about some of the advantages, why they're a good part of a portfolio. It's kind of cool. I think this is probably like one of the more advanced concepts we've done so far. We did a lot of really, really intro level stuff. And this one, we're kind of breaking into one of those uh, one of those pieces of the portfolio that's important to have. So I'm psyched. I can't wait to go over it. Yes, I am very much so looking forward to having some balance in my portfolio with my ETFs. What, Torchlight right. is not enough for you? No. Jeez. <laughs> um, but folks, when we're talking about ETFs, there's one person who needs to be on this show more so than anyone else. If it's not obvious to you already, if you're not a Benzinga follower, then, you know, what are you doing? You should know who's coming on. Um, you know, he almost needs no introduction, but... You know, the man, the face uh, of a lot of Benzinga's shows, uh, the tender nugget himself, Mr. Spencer Israel will be joining us in just a few seconds here to talk about ETFs uh, and just enlighten us, enlighten us with his knowledge. So I am quite excited for that. Let's do it. Should we bring him on? Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's get into it. It is about that time. He's here. Spencer's here from the command station. Uh, usually Luke's standing there. Spencer, what's up? How's it going, guys? Spencer, one of one of the hardest working people at Benzinga, one hundred percent. Dude is oh, always here, always grinding. It's super impressive. Spencer, why don't you give yourself a little bit of an introduction to the folks who don't know you? Uh, sure. So I am one of the. I've been at Benzinga for five and a half years, which is uh, pretty long for a company that's I think nine or ten years old. Uh, and in that time, just so everyone knows, I came to Benzinga knowing absolutely nothing about the markets, like nothing. I didn't know what an ETF was. I promise you, I didn't know what an ETF was when I joined Benzinga. Um, and I've learned everything I know in the last five and a half years and, uh, have just like everyone who learns about the markets have, have naturally found my own path. Everyone sort of finds their own path, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, and I have found that uh, I've been attracted to ETFs. I've sort of gone down that that road. And that's that's what works for me, right, as an investor and as someone who, who, who follows markets. And and that's what I've become passionate about. And now I I used to be an editor and now I just uh, do streaming and YouTube all day, which is fun. Nice. Dope. That's pretty sweet. Spencer, we have this one show. It's called First Trade. And on it, we have you. Oh, is that, is that this? Is that this? That's this. That is this, okay. in fact, just in case you didn't know. And we usually ask one question. We have yeah. to. Tell us a little bit about your first trade. Walk us through the details. If you remember the ticker, um, yeah. what was going yeah. through your head and how did it wind out? You know, like how did it pan out? Yeah, yeah. So uh, like, like I said, I joined Benzinga five and a half years ago knowing nothing. So my first trade happened when I, when, when I worked here not that long ago. My first trade, I want to say it was like late 2016 or early 2017. The ticker was UAA, Under Armour. Um, and there's an old Peter Lynch saying, Peter Lynch was a very famous uh, mutual fund manager at Fidelity. And he said, invest in what you know. And I thought, great. 
I went to the University of Maryland, the flagship school for Under Armour, where the founder of Under Armour went. I know Under Armour. I like Under Armour. I got a lot of Under Armour stuff. I'm going to buy Under Armour. And I did. Um, I bought it. I, I, I was eyeing it for like a very long time. And I bought it at what I thought was a nice rounding bottom. Let me get on the screen. The rounding bottom. Uh, and what ended up happening is it, is it just went down from there uh and i tried to be hero call bottom it didn't work but i was like no i'm convicted man i'm convicted uh and i held that baby for uh, a little over a year uh and then i and then i was like this sucks so (laughs) (laughs) so so i sold it should you go in oh very small amount very small amount i want to say it was under a thousand dollars let me put it that way uh it was i think around 500 but i can't say for sure and I, I I remember buying it in like in like the mid twenties. I bought it in the mid twenties, and I sold it at like I think nineteen or eighteen, and which like you know not not terrible, but uh, that, not was, awful. that was yeah. my very first trade. And and I I didn't really like go into it thinking anything. I just thought, hey, this is a company that I I know well, or at least I thought I did. And even if I lose money, which in, in this case I did, um, it's it's going to be a learning experience for me and uh invest in what you know when i thought i know this one i know this brand i identify with it so i'm just gonna buy this one and that's what i did all right you're our resident in-house at benzinga you're the etf expert you have a show plug for the etf show with spencer israel Mm -hmm. um take us through how you got started with etfs what what is an etf what's the background one how did you kind of get into them yeah that's really i don't really actually know how i got into it Uh, like i said everyone sort of forges their own path with 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 investing i just sort of stumbled upon etfs um, so essentially, if you don't know what an ETF is, uh, your parents and your, and your grandparents, assuming you're younger, uh, own mutual funds, most likely. If they're invested, they own mutual funds. ETFs are just a way more efficient thing like mutual funds, but more efficient. Okay, So it's basically a, a, a security. It's an asset that holds a basket of other assets within it. And within the basket, those assets could be stocks. It could be commodities. It could really, any asset, you can just make a basket of them and put that in this wrapper they call it the etf wrapper that's like the the regulatory uh structure of it that makes it makes it unique and these these etfs trade on exchanges so etf stands for exchange traded fund it is a fund that trades on an exchange just like a stock does right so a mutual fund is a fund that uh is also also a basket but it doesn't trade on an exchange. They get priced once per day. At the end of the day, you get one price, and that's your price. ETFs are baskets, but they're trading throughout the day, just like stocks. Their price is going up and down constantly with the market, and that's what an ETF is. And uh, they're they're amazing instruments. I don't know if I can just keep going. Five main reasons why ETFs uh, are awesome, right? When especially when you when you compare it to mutual funds, all right. Uh, number one. As I said, they're they're baskets of things, meaning they're diversified, right? That's why I like them, because I realized um, at some point, maybe it was with Under Armour or maybe not, but I realized that I'm not ever going to put in the amount of time it takes to to do the kind of research uh, to pick like the best stocks. I'm just not. If I do it, it's because I got lucky, right? I I just know that I I don't have those those deep like value investing skills like like Roaring Kitty. You know what I mean? I'm not going to spend hours going through filings, reading financial statements to find the best companies. I'm just not going to do it. So I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket and I will buy a literal basket of stocks. That's 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 so so diversified. That's the big thing. Number two, I mentioned they're actively traded. They're actively quoted throughout the day as opposed to mutual funds where you kind of 
you know, you get one price and that's kind of it. Uh, number three, they are tax efficient. So in a mutual fund, which is what most people own in their retirement accounts, it's a pool that's managed by a manager. And every time that manager does something, buys or sells, that's a, that, that's a taxable event that gets passed down to you, the fund owner, if you own a piece of the fund. You, you, the taxable events uh, get triggered and you will owe capital gains whenever there's a transaction within the fund. ETFs don't have that problem, again, because they trade on an exchange. It's kind of in a weird derivative, derivative type way. So you don't get taxed whenever the people running the fund decide to buy or sell stuff in the fund or really sell. You don't get taxed. That doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't happen to you. So they're more tax efficient. Uh, so that's number three. Number four, um, they're usually uh, very transparent. There is a corner of the ETF market that's relatively new that is not transparent intentionally. But by and large, ETFs are transparent. You can see what they hold all the time. They rebalance, generally speaking, pretty frequently. Um, and you can always see, you know, it's not secretive. And the last thing is they have low fees. Usually, not all of them, but usually, right? Most ETFs are pretty cheap on the fee front, right? Mutual funds can have several types of fees with like a management fee or a load fee, right? And 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 mutual funds have gotten this rep for having a lot of fees. Not every mutual fund. Some of them are, are low fees, but historically mutual funds have charged higher fees. ETFs have historically charged very, very, very low fees. There's actually like a, a fee war happening right now where there's like a race like who can charge the lowest fees possible. So you're getting exposure to a lot of stuff and not getting charged a lot of fees while you're at it. So those are the five reasons why why I like mutual, uh, why I like ETS. I have one yeah. like tiny question I had inside of all that. So yeah. you mentioned that smaller corner of the market where the ETFs are not transparent or there's a yeah. section that are not. What would be the reasoning yeah. for for some of them that are? So it's a pretty new. They're called uh, active non-transparent or ants. Uh basically and this is really new like in the last year, I think. And essentially, the theory is there are people out there that want access to like hedge fund type strategies, and they're willing to pay for it. And so there are issuers that have said, okay, we will provide this to the market, we will, we will essentially put out an ETF that kind of operates in the same way as a hedge fund. We're not going to talk about our strategy, we're not going to disclose stuff, it's not going to be transparent. And we're doing that so everyone else can't see what we're doing which is basically in the style of a hedge fund, right? Interesting. So for some people that want that sort of thing, it's out there. And that's the thing about ETFs is there is an ETF for almost anything, almost anything, right? Not Bitcoin yet, but there will be soon. Um, but there is an ETF. I heard there was for, one. In Canada. Um, in Canada, Canada, there is. Correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is an ETF for any type of asset, any type of strategy, uh, any type of theme, there is there's there's thousands and thousands and thousands of ETFs out there um, all doing different things. Well, not all of them. Some of them are pretty similar, but it blows your mind how many there are. And so that's 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 another great thing is you can get access to pretty much any kind of trade, any kind of asset or strategy that you want access to via an ETF because there's just so many of them out there. Yeah, I actually have a couple questions for you. Yeah, a little bit off script here. OK, so you mentioned any type of asset. Does that include bonds as well? Yeah, bonds, anything, stocks, bonds, currencies, commodities, uh, VIX. There's ETFs based off the VIX. There's an ETF for almost Wait, what's anything. That? The volatility VIX. index. It's, it's a it's a whole it's okay, a whole thing. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We, so this well, is the we, first we trade show. We're based on sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the point is, there is an ETF for almost any type of asset aside from Bitcoin. Yeah. So why 
why would you one go the route of like so mutual funds i totally get the difference mutual yeah. fund versus etf in my opinion i do agree that etf is much better than mutual fund what about index fund right this industry is confusing this industry loves having multiple names for the same thing an index fund is just a generic term for a fund that tracks an index a lot of etfs are index funds a lot of mutual funds are also index funds it is just a generic term it doesn't apply to any one type of thing it is just an umbrella term. A lot of people use index funds and ETFs interchangeably. Even though a lot of ETFs don't track indexes, a lot of them do. There are a lot of ETFs that are also index funds. SPY, the largest ETF out there, the first ETF out there is an index fund. It tracks okay. S&P 500. It tracks an index. It is an index fund. The second index fund, the QQQ, which tracks the NASDAQ 100 index, that's an index fund, right? So so index funds, it, it's, a, it's a weird umbrella term. Uh, it can be used to uh, to apply to uh, it can apply to many ETFs out there. So your question about why ETFs not index funds, they're the same thing a lot of the time. Okay, so think of an index fund as just a type of ETF or mutual fund in this case. Index funds is a is an umbrella term. I know. Yeah, when you when you start talking about target date funds, that's like more specific. Okay, tar target date funds. So target date funds are just funds that will automatically rebalance as you get older. A target date fund is if we're talking about like layers here. A target day fund is like is like it's more zoomed out. A target day fund will will own different funds within it: stocks, stock funds, bond funds, and it'll rebalance as you get older to account for your age and and your risk. Target day fund is great for people who really don't know anything or and don't want to know anything, right? If you're trying to save for your retirement, um, say you're gonna uh, you retire in 2060 buy a 2060 targeted fund. It'll take care of all that stuff for you. You don't even gotta worry about it. It's kind of like set it and forget it. Um, and within that fund, it will hold ETS, mutual funds, bonds, whatever, and it'll change automatically. So it's it's really like an autopilot type of situation. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess like the even within the ETFs, right? If you're talking about like ones that follow indexes versus one that carry yeah. baskets of securities, yeah. I guess it's just like up to preference, right? Like, are you more towards you want to invest in very specific things, or are you yeah. just trying to like so you know, following yeah. it? So every the entire ETF industry can be divided into two, right? There's two types of ETFs. There's active, and there's passive. Right. Passive funds are index funds. Passive funds are on autopilot. Passive funds will track an index. An index is just any any measurement we use, any group of stocks or whatever that we use to track the market. The S&P 500 is an index. The Dow Jones is an index. The NASDAQ is an index and also an exchange. Um, and so passive ETFs are rules based and will attempt merely to mimic the performance, to copy the performance of whatever the index does. So if you have an ETF, ETF that tracks the S&P 500, index goes up, ETF goes up. It's that simple. It is not trying to hit a home run. It's trying to hit a single every time. It means you probably won't strike out, but you're not going to hit a home run either with a passive ETF or passive fund. Active funds don't track an index. They are picking stocks that they think will outperform. The goal is to outperform the overall market. Passive fund is the goal is to be the market. Whatever the market does, you're gonna do with like a generic passive fund like SPY. You are the market. Passive funds are the market. Active funds are trying to beat the market. They don't always succeed. Active funds, it, it's really, really hard to beat the market 
over a long period of time. Uh, Warren Buffett has done a series of very famous bets with hedge fund managers saying, I bet you you cannot beat the S&P 500 over the next decade. And he's won every time, right? It, it is just really, really hard to beat the S&P 500. Most people will end up owning passive funds, and that is perfectly fine. That's what I own. Well, let's talk about, I guess, length of holding it then. I mean, what's the yeah. ideal strategy if you're talking about ETFs, passive or active? I mean, how long do you want to hold one? And when do you know so when to get out, when to get started? You can hold an ETF however long you want to hold an ETF, right? There, there are no rules. The thing I like more, most about ETFs, in addition to the transparency and the efficiency and the tax stuff and all that stuff, is they just make investing in seemingly complex things easy, right? They will give you exposure to an entire sector of the market or a specific strategy. And rather than you, like, let's say Michael, let's say Michael says, oh, I want like a momentum strategy. I only want to own momentum stocks. Michael has to go and find those stocks and do the research, or he can just f find a momentum ETF that does it for him. You make one transaction or you make 20 transactions. Yes, yeah, so you're ETF, just simplifying. You're, you're just simplifying. You're just simplifying it. And right, that goes right, for right. anything. So that's why I like ETFs is let's say, oh, you decide I'm really bullish e-commerce. I just think e-commerce is the greatest thing ever. It's going to be the future. I, I want to own a piece of e-commerce. Well, you could go and buy a bunch of e-commerce stocks. You can go and buy an Amazon, an Etsy, whatever. There's no way to know which company is going to be like the biggest winner. Or you could just buy an ETF that holds all the e-commerce stocks. As long as you're right and e-commerce becomes more of a thing, then you're going to win. As opposed to being right about e-commerce, but picking the wrong company, that sucks. With all that being said, you asked, your question was how long to hold an ETF. It's whatever works for you, right? You, you need to understand um, like what kind of a investor or a trader you want to be. I'm pretty buy and hold, right? Which means that I buy ETFs for the purpose of holding them for a while, all right? I haven't sold an ETF ever, actually. And I, I, I make them a part of my overall portfolio. So for example, my main portfolio that I have, I've, I don't even know how many, I've, I've got like 15 things in it. Um, but two of those things make up 60%. The other 40% is all the rest of it, is like the other 13 things. So those other 13 things are like smaller bets that I'm making. Then I'm, ma I'm making a bet on 5G. I'm making a bet on cannabis. I'm making a bet on esports. Okay, and those are all. I think of it like a like a planet in the satellites. Okay, the planet in, in, in my portfolio is two ETFs. It's VOO, which is the Vanguard S&P 500 fund, and VEU, which is the Vanguard International Fund. Okay, and those two things are 60%, and then 40% is split up pretty evenly amongst my esports fund, my 5G fund. I own an ARK fund as well. I own ARKW. There, there is, I, I own the, a biotech fund, IBB, right? And those are all like satellites surrounding my planet, my planet of my two main, my two largest holdings, right? So I'm going to pretty much do what the market does because I'm so concentrated on, on, a, on an S&P 500 fund. But the goal there is, well, if, I, if I'm right and, um, you know, esports and biotech and this ARK fund that I own, and all these, frankly, tech-focused funds uh, outperform, then that's going to help me outperform. But I'm gotcha. still I'm still pretty diversified. So that's the point. Is is you really? It, it, there's no rule. How long do you own ETF? That, that's not the right question to ask. The question to ask is what do you want to own, and how long do you want to own it? And then nice. and and then figure it out from there. Do you have a favorite? 
Like, what's your favorite ETF? I should probably answer the one that I own, that, that's my largest holding, which is VOO, right? VU, which is the exact same thing as SPY, just from a different company. And I, the, the fee may be a little bit smaller, but they do the same exact thing. Uh, and as I said, it's 60% of my portfolio. Um, and it's the S&P 500. It's, it's diversified. It's basic. I'm not going to hit a home run, but I'm also not going to strike out. And if I do strike out, then we have we all have bigger problems, quite frankly. <laughs> than, than, um, favorite ETF ticker is is uh, I'm I'm biased towards verbs. I love ETF tickers that are also verbs. So I'm going to say Moo M O O, which is the agriculture uh, ETF. Spencer, if you could make a ticker for an ETF, oh, what man. would it be, and what would be? Oh, uh, there's the question. There it is. Wait, let me guess. Let me let me guess. Is it going to be something like food oriented? I resent the implication. Uh, no, no, because no, uh, you're 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 like the cooking guy. Like you, you are always um, the gourmet food. That's you're you're like the dude. Not, no, I man, Rohan. I think you may have stopped me. That's a really good question. A, a verb would be nice. Maybe like uh like poo. I don't know. P o o. It could be like the feces it, industry. Wow. No, it, it, no, it's it it, it it could give you exposure to uh like waste, right? Waste management, which is a public company, right? Yeah. Gar garbage. It, it could give you exposure to garbage. Uh, and and utilities companies, um, I don't know. Maybe someone make that ETF. Well, listen, I learned I learned a ton about ETFs. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to buy some more because I mostly held single stocks. But ETFs the, yeah, the, the thing is, like, do like you know, look into it. The thing is, if you have an idea about in uh, like a thing that could be cool, that uh, could be uh, could, could be cool long term investment, see if there's an ETF for it. Like, check it out. There probably is. It, chances are, if you've thought of it, so is somebody else. Like if you think, is there uh, an ETF for NFTs? No, there are no, no. The only ETF, to my knowledge, that has really that has pure exposure to blockchain at all is BLOK. That block. That's, oh, that's Canada, there. right? No, no, that's in the U.S. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Just block. exposure um, to block. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. but there are no uh, NFT. There are no cryptocurrency ETFs in the U.S. yet. There will be. There will be soon. Uh, maybe, hopefully, this year. There will probably be several of them, but there are no Bitcoin specific or crypto specific ETFs. Uh, the SEC is, is sort of trying to figure out how that would work right now. Gotcha. Take our coin. Um, no, nope, but can't do that. Already taken. Uh, taken. <sighs> Damn. Coin, okay, Coinbase but, IPO next week or this week. What, what I wanted to say is because you mentioned like, you know, look into it. You might if you want to invest in a certain industry. Yeah. We've had a couple guests come on here previously and talk about investing in secular growth trends and basically saying what they try to do as a value investor or just as an investor in general is pick an industry that they like really believe in that they, that they think is going to do well and also find the best company doing that. Right. I, and I feel like the ETF version of that is you don't have to find the best one. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying I'm saying you're not going to find the best one. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you might find like a cool new growth industry, but you're probably not going to find the best stock. That's that's like harsh, but that's the truth. The vast majority of investors are just not going to be able to find the best one. Amazons don't come around every year, right? Every decade. They just don't. And if you do find the best one, congratulations. You also may have gotten a little bit lucky. Maybe, maybe you did some great research. And congratulations for you. For most people who are not going to put in that time, don't have to find the best stock. Just find all of the stocks, right? All of them. Own all of them is my point. Own all, all the stocks. stocks. Own all the stocks. Man. Spencer is right. There is an ETF that owns every single stock. It's the total market ETF. That's pretty sick. You know, it'll, it'll give you every single stock. Spencer yeah. Israel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Spencer, 
loved having you on. It's kind of, you know, it's nice to have you on for a change versus you being on right before first trade and yeah. then right after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sing with me. I say, it's seconds. hot. It's hot under this light, man. Oh, thank you. Thank it's you. Anywhere by the stage, there's like heaters around. This, this hot, this light's really hot. Dude, you get yeah. a tan under that light. I'm not even joking. I'm I serious. Need, I need it too. So it's good. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, well, Spencer. Spencer. Hopefully, we'll have you on again. Until then, it was lovely. All right. Thanks, dude. See you guys. Michael, was that sick or was that sick? Yeah, sweet episode, dude. I already went and bought an ETF. Actually, two of them. Two ETFs. Yeah. No way. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. But I'm planning on it. I definitely will look into them. Yeah. I think I own three or four currently. Wow. Should we talk about that? About well, what? Yeah. Tell us. Props to Spencer because he's what, props five years. He yeah, knows his honestly. stuff. He knows his stuff about ETFs. So a great resource. And I definitely did learn a lot. Um, weirdly enough, I didn't even have the the basic understanding that uh, index fund could also be an ETF. I thought they were somehow different. No, that um, is that is actually really good info. And you know what? Like inspiration too. The fact that five years in, you can you can learn that much, know as much as you do now. I mean, Spencer is like the oracle of Benzinga. He's like he's educated as hell, which is awesome. Hell yeah! All right, let's talk about ETFs. What, what do you what do you own currently? Oh, I don't own any ETFs. No, I oh, you don't. I mean, I so look into them. Like I'll go buy some now. I, no, I don't do it currently. He's straight no. stocks, folks. Listen, I was just I was not as interested in ETFs because I kept thinking that I could have the time to like look into all the individual stocks I want to buy. But everything that Spencer said really rings true, right? Like I don't have all the time in the world to go look at all these individual stocks. I can't do the Hugh Henny. I I can't like really invest the time and be really really good no, at same. doing what yeah. I do. Yeah. So with that, I think ETFs are a really good answer. They're probably something I need to get more into. I mean, yeah. if we want to do the portfolio recap now, like I have, let me pull it up. It's okay. It's decent. Palantir was up today. Enphase was up today. Torchlight was also up today. Torchlight, I, I definitely still think we're both bag holders there. It's kind of sitting. But at this point, I feel like we're at a bottom. You know, it's just kind of trending down. It's kind of sliding sideways. We're we just have diamond hands, except there's no diamond. Yeah, there's no diamond here at all. We're kind of more Ooh. like just... Have- yeah, dude, I'm like, uh, I think Celsius is the my one performer right now. Oh, um, I should have bought that one. So that's that's doing pretty good, sitting at like 50s, 54 maybe. Um, in terms of ETFs, so these are all in my Roth IRA, but what I do have, I have SPY. So that, that's the big one. Hey, there you um, go. That's probably my biggest exposure. Uh, I do have IWM, the Russell iShares 2000, which is small cap exposure. Um, and then ARC G is one of those actively managed ones. And I feel like I own something else, but I'm not 100. Oh, I, I bought Tesla. That's not an ETF, but I have three oh, shares of Tesla. Right. Okay, well, that's cool. That, yeah, that stock that's never been, seems to go that's, down. That's been doing well for me. I bought it at like 620, and it's up a bit. You can't go wrong with that. You know you know what stock I actually do like right now? I would plug this one. Um, it's a stock that actually just spiked yesterday, SOS Limited. Um, according to, it was back down 8% today. But according to some research I've been reading, they have a ton of inflows going into it. A lot of people buying some big orders of SOS Limited. That's when I kind of have my eye on right now. I'm what, not what sure. What's that? What is the stock? What's uh, it's information technology um, oh. headquartered in China, which I, I do like Chinese tech stocks. I'm still a big fan of that. I, I think mainly because they have so much more room to run than we do stocks in, in, in our country right now because they're covid progress has been a lot better Here, That's I, just... have a fan. I have a sound for you that from someone who's not a big fan of china oh geez ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right all right i think we spent a lot of time here i really enjoyed this episode honestly i had a lot of fun um i'm digging this new setup i kind of want to just roll with it now 
um screw the stage can, but, but dude different you guys like I don't it know, how do you guys wear these all day i'm no, no, no those are gar- you have to wear mine because those are a garbage pair of headphones so they I'll get are you so ones. uncomfortable dude yeah yeah all oh. right folks um that was it first trade episode eight Thank you so much for hanging out. If you are looking to learn and grow with us, we're working on it, but we're building it. Come join our Discord. We have a growing community there. Um, And of course, submit your questions for the next episode. Um, We'll make sure to include some of our viewer questions from Twitter, comments, or from the Discord itself. And as always, this is my plug. If you're listening on podcasts, I feel like this was a bit of a great episode to listen on podcasts. If you feel like, you know, you know, driving and listening or whatever, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your favorite ones, we are there. Uh, make sure to drop, uh, you know, a follow, a download, and leave a review, and email me, um, and maybe I'll surprise you. All right, folks, that is it for today. Um, I don't know why Michael Murray has a grin on his face, but you know what? It's probably because we're about to end the episode, and he's so happy to leave. No, dude, I've, I've, I'm not leaving yet. I'll be here. I'll be here a hot minute. Okay, well, either way, <laughs> I, I have to. I got to go home and do laundry. So, see you. Peace. Let's stay Thank on you. track. What? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here. You don't have to be that far away. Yeah. Yeah. There's five main reasons. I mean, where's the camera? Why is Spencer frozen? He is frozen. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. When you're <laughs> Michael in the Murray. He's in a big chair. He doesn't have very big hair. He wants to be tan. From Gwyneth Paltrow, because she's a uh, quack. Like a duck. I don't know. Do not put that in there. Gwyneth Paltrow is like a duck. (laughs) Quack. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.